Well, good morning. Good morning. We're glad that you're here this morning. My name is Colleen Nelson. I'm one of the pastors on staff, and uh, we're grateful that you're here on this holiday weekend. Um, Maybe some of you rolled in a little still full this morning, still working on that. Um, It's been a really good weekend, and I hope you enjoyed time with family and friends or just getting the space to relax um, this weekend. But this morning, for just a little bit, we want to turn to the Word. Um, This morning is a Story Matters Sunday, and so we have a few people sharing their stories. But I want to give us a little bit of a context this morning, so why don't you just join me in prayer? God, we're just thankful for who you are and that you gather us together. You call us into worship. And so through our songs, through our reading of scripture, through our time together, I ask that you would just um, work in our hearts and in our lives. God, we recognize this morning that we are people of process. We are people who are not finished yet. So by the power of your grace and mercy and truth in our lives, would you call us to deeper levels of walk with you? In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, a few weeks ago, a friend and I were out on a walk, and we were checking in about life as we frequently do, and she asked me how my fire-tending skills were going. Um, Now, that might sound a bit odd to you, but um, last year um, in our home, we had gotten a new wood fireplace, and I was really excited about that because I love just sitting by the fire, reading a good book, huddled up in a blanket, but the reality is I am absolutely horrible at starting fires. This, I saw, was a problem. Um, So oftentimes you could find me celebrating um, over getting a spark going only to see it fizzle out just a few moments later, or you could find me kind of in a cloud of smoke just trying to fan what I might have of a flame. It was really disappointing. And so last year for Mother's Day, my kids thought they were going to fix this problem, and they bought me a big box of those Duraflame fire starters. Right, That was my gift. They were pointing out my weakness and calling me to deeper levels of fire starting. And so it's the easiest thing ever, right? You get the log out of the box, you bend up the flaps, you light the thing on fire, and it's like instant fire. It's like the best invention ever. The only thing is, these things are expensive. And to be honest, a little embarrassing because I felt like I should be able to do this. This should not be a problem. And so over time, I have learned, and I know everyone in here probably has their own little tricks and tips about how to get a roaring fire started, Um, but now I have my own. I felt like here I am, I am growing as a person. This is big. And so I told my friends, I, I said to them, or said to her, my fire starting skills are solid. Right, I've got that down. It's my fire-tending skills that are lacking. I told her I often found myself distracted or forgetful after starting the fire, and my roaring fire would then quickly fizzle out, and I'd find myself at the beginning all over again. And as soon as I answered her question, as soon as I said these words, it was like God was saying, pay attention, clean. This is big. This is important. So I've sat with that conversation for the, for, um, the last few weeks. And I've invited God to help me notice what I need to pay attention to. 
And the reality and the truth is in my life, I love starting things. Whether it's organizing people, planning for an adventure, just brainstorming ideas, that feeling of just getting started when all of like the energy is building up and the vision is getting defined, I love that. I love that. I also love completing things. I love crossing the finish line, seeing the completed project, checking that item off the list, celebrating a group that's working together. I love that. But the reality is, whether I'm just starting something or I'm just about to finish something, those two realities are a very small part of our lives. Because in reality, most of our lives are lived in the in-between. We're not really at point A, we're not really at point B, but we're somewhere in process. And I felt like God was saying to me in that moment, Colleen, something about this process with me needs to be paid attention to. You need to develop your spiritual tending skills. And so that idea of being in process, the idea of being in between is what we want to land on for a little bit today. And so there are a few people who are sharing their stories as a way of helping us notice and pay attention to what God is doing here. Hopefully their stories help you reflect on your story. But the reality is for each of us, when we're in the in-between, what do we do? What do we do? I know that we do a lot of things. I read recently that the average adult makes 35,000 conscious decisions each and every day. 35,000. So in this time in between, there's still a lot of intentionality with the things that shape our lives. But how do we stay connected to God? How do we stay open to what he has for us? How do we allow him to shape our disappointments, our relationships, our hopes, our decisions? And so for the past couple of weeks, we've been studying the book of James. And I feel like we've learned a lot in our community. But the last section of James gives us just a little bit of information about how we could live in between. It says this. Is anyone, any of you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anybody happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Friends, the word prayer is used a lot in these short verses. And so in light of these words this morning, I just want to encourage you with one thought to grab onto today. And I want to remind you that prayer starts where you are. Prayer starts, friends, where you are. James begins, are you in trouble? You should pray. Are you happy? Start there. Pray about that. If you're sick, start there. Ask people to pray for you in that. In other words, prayer is an authentic interaction with God about whatever is going on in your life. Here's what's so important about this. So often for people, when they pray, they actually begin to kind of retreat away into this very inauthentic space. 
We try to use the right words. We try to say things a certain way. We think we need to be in a certain space. You're praying whatever you think you should pray. And James says, no, 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 like, that's not prayer. That's something else. Prayer starts where you actually are. Are you in trouble? Talk to God. Ask for help. Express your feelings. A pastor by the name of Judas Smith was once told by someone in his congregation, I don't know how to pray. And his response to them was, do you know how to be angry? Do you know how to yell? Do you know how to be honest? Do you know how to express yourself? Because if you do, you know how to pray. In fact, get this, you're praying even when you're not using words. You're praying even if you don't believe in prayer because prayer is not about the certain things that you say to God. Prayer is something that's always happening in the depths of your soul because your soul is always speaking. Your soul is always longing. Your soul is always needing and your soul is always praying. I love those pictures of Jesus when he was amidst the crowd and he needed to pull away. He needed to remove himself from the crowd and oftentimes we think, well, maybe Jesus was just an introvert, right? He needed his space. But it wasn't that. It wasn't because he didn't want to be around people. He wanted to get into the stillness, into the quiet, so whatever was already resonating in his own soul, whatever needs or longings were present could be heard. Those things could be felt. He would experience those because his soul was already in prayer. See, friends, we have a lot of stuff going on in here. We have disappointment and we have pain. We have joy and we have fear. We have anger and we have gratitude. We have hope and we have longing and we have expectations. And friends, those are the places where God wants to start. Those are the places that God wants to work. And so for just in a few minutes, we're gonna play a short video. And we wanna invite you for just a minute as we prepare to hear people's stories to just sit before the Lord for just a moment. And we wanna invite him into what we believe is this very holy space. And as this video plays, maybe you need the words on the screen to guide your thoughts. Or maybe the music that's played will just trigger something in you. Maybe you walked in the door this morning and there was already something burning on your heart. But what we want to do this morning as we hear these stories is we also want to give you a part of this time to share your story. And maybe as I say that, that kind of freaks you out a little bit and you think, Colleen, that, that's not what I walked into this room ready to do. Um, but this isn't going to be a verbal thing. This isn't going to be, a, hopefully, a scary thing. But we've placed post-it notes on all of the pews. And we just want to take some time, grab a post-it note, and pass it down to the neighbor next to you. And we want you to write down a prayer request. And that doesn't have to happen in this moment. It can happen at any point in the service. And we're going to give you some direction about that post-it note later in the service. But in response to people sharing their stories and recognizing that God is doing all sorts of things among us, we want to share some things that God is doing in our own lives. And here's the thing. You don't have to write your name on it. Okay, this isn't going to be something that we share with this whole room. And the beauty of a post-it note is it's small. 
right? So you don't even have enough space to share a lot of the details, but take some time with the Lord this morning as this video plays and throughout the service and just write something that you would love to have prayer for. And we're gonna give you a little bit of instruction on that later in the service. One of the best definitions I heard about prayer is that prayer is talking to God about what you and him are doing together. I love that. Prayer is just talking to God about what you and him are doing together. Friends, as we are in this time kind of in between, right? Because we haven't arrived yet. As we are making our 35,000 decisions each and every day, let's be people that talk with God about what we're doing together. As we're in process, let's name what we're working on together. And as we learn how to tend the fires in our lives, let's bravely expect God to show up. To me, the in-between time refers to a state of uncertainty, lack of clarity, ambiguity, or confusion about how God would have me live. I did not seek to enter this place of uncertainty. I was fine with my black and white, just follow the rules and you'll be okay type of faith. I was nudged into it, well, maybe pulled kicking and screaming during conflict in relationships. I was blessed with having two strong truth-telling women in my family that didn't embrace my attempts to control their life and pointed out it wasn't working too well in mine either. This led to a period of introspection and honest reflection in my life, and through this time of broken, God brought growth and positive change. Another factor in this change of perspective occurred when I retired from a highly structured job. It was difficult for me to adjust to this open, new daily schedule, and even now I wonder how God wants me to use my time. Becky and I are at a stage in life when we are thinking about downsizing our living situation, but that is a complex issue. What housing options best fits our situation? What location is best? relative to our kids and an aging parent. Struggling to, with this decision has revealed our limited ability to know what's best for us. And if these relatively small issues aren't enough, I can easily look to global issues like racial tension, conflict between nations, climate change, economic disparities, and find myself confused about how to respond to these enormous issues. So in this new place of waiting and uncertainty, I found a few practices to be helpful. First, to focus on God's love for me. Through scripture reading, memorization, and listening to worship songs, I am reminded that God's grace is sufficient, and I find it helpful to fill my mind with this truth and simply rest in his love. I'm also encouraged by stories in scripture where God's direct leading wasn't so clear to others either. For example, the Apostle Paul's comment in 1 Corinthians, but now I know in part, acknowledges that this side of heaven we have incomplete knowledge. In another place, when preparing for a journey to share the gospel with the Gentiles, Paul and Barnabas disagreed about taking John Mark going with. While agreeing on the mission, they saw differently the best way to do that. 
even though these wise men disagreed and eventually split company, God still blessed both their travels. And Paul's comment in 1 Corinthians 10, 31, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God, seems to indicate some choice in what we do and emphasize the motivation for doing it is what is most important. Other books by authors such as Henry Nouwen and Brennan Manning help me to see God in a new way, enabling me to rest in his care amidst my confusion. God also provided people to help me in this process. Conversations with Becky, friends, and counselors all provided valuable input and helped me process my thoughts and emotions on this new path. God used all these resources to slowly bring about change from the inside out. I started learning to rest in his care and believe he was at work in my life. I came to see that he was more interested in having a relationship with me than my just doing things for him. In times when I'm still bothered by lack of clarity, I remind myself that there is already quite a lot about I know of his will for me. For example, caring for family, loving my neighbors, fellow believers, and those in need. I also remind myself that I am willing to do what he wants. I am actively seeking and praying, and I'm coming to believe that he can and will reveal what I need to know when I need to know it. The song, While I'm Waiting, by John Waller, expresses my desire to serve and worship God even in the midst of uncertainty. And finally, when discouraged or feeling paralyzed and unsure what to do, I just start with what I know. Take a small step, start somewhere. Don't wait until I have it all figured out. I found this illustration about a car trip in the dark helpful. While the headlights illuminate the road ahead only a short distance, they provide enough light to make the whole journey. While I didn't seek this change in viewpoint, I am thankful that God nudged me out of my comfort zone and into a more realistic viewpoint. Over time, I've become more comfortable living with uncertainty and even experiencing more peace, joy, and freedom as I see myself as the son of the loving God. I am content in these in-between times to seek his truth revealed in scripture, using his gifts of the spirit, my mind, and the wisdom of others, while remembering my limited ability to know completely now. Yet longing for the day when his will is perfectly known, perfectly known and accomplished, when we find, finally see him face to face. Um, this is my friend Jennifer. And Jennifer has been a part of our church for a number of years as she came to our church as a part of living at Naomi. And um, I'm just going to let her share a little bit about, tell us about your, your family and um, what life is like right now. That's a big question. <laughs> um, I'm a mother of four kids. And they're all hiding in the back row. <laughs> and waving proudly. They see their mama. Um, right now, I am in the process of transitioning out of Naomi, so um, prayers needed for that, but 
<laughs> Tell us a little bit about kind of what life was like that brought you to Naomi. Okay, so um, I was in a very verbal and physical domestic relationship. Um, it's very abusive. I ended up taking my children and leaving for a domestic shelter, which in turn brought me to Naomi. Um, when I was at the shelter, they kept telling me, Naomi can't be your only choice. You have to make other choices. And I was like, no, I prayed about it. I'm going to Naomi. I'm not filling out any other applications. And about a month in, I went to Naomi. <laughs> and um, so I put my time in. It took about a year and a half to do the whole program. Then I did the year of transitional. And now I'm in the process of moving out and continuing my life. Mm -hmm. And so you have lived at Naomi now for how long? Almost three years. And so you know, um, as a church community, we have a partnership with Naomi Family Residents. Um, and there's a group of sometimes 18, sometimes up to 25 women and kids who live there. And um, they're a part of a program, but also you have housing together. It's kind of like a college dorm situation is really what it is. It's an old hotel. It's an old hotel, yeah. And so all and these families living together. Uh, you can imagine all of the energy and all of the things that come up when you have this group of people who are living in the same space. And so what are you now, you, you started and you were needing um, a place like Naomi and you've been in this process now for three years. What kind of things are exciting to you right now? Right now I've finished my state test and I'm now a CNA working full time. Woo woo! Thank you. So um, for those of us who don't work in the medical field at all, <laughs> what does CNA stand for? I'm Jennifer? a certified nursing assistant. Yes. So you had to take classes and do testing to be able to do that? Yes, a state okay. test. Okay. And then you got a full-time job? Yes. With benefits? With benefits. That's what she, when she came the Sunday after getting her job, she needed me to know it was with benefits. <laughs> and we just praised Jesus, right? <laughs> it's my first full-time job ever, so yeah. it feels good. Yeah. And what does that change for you and your family? Um, now we have a steady income. I've actually started making enough that I got accepted into a rapid rehousing program. My first housing application went in yesterday, well, Friday. So I should hear back this week if I got my apartment or not. Yeah. So she's been in this waiting for three years, working and taking classes and living with a lot of other people. And now you're at this point where CNA got the full-time job with benefits, and then you get to anticipate housing for you and your kids. And that's really an exciting place to be. What's kind of kept you grounded the past three years? What's been important pieces for you along the way? Um, I think the biggest thing, because when you do go to Naomi, <laughs> Like, for me, I'm from the suburbs, so going to downtown St. Paul, like, it was scary. I don't go out after dinner. It's dark. <laughs> it's busy. Mm -hmm. um, transportation was really hard. You have to get used. There's a train down in St. Paul instead of a bus, or you can take both. Mm -hmm. um, but the whole times I debated between the struggles of my ex getting supposedly better and wanting to come back and leaving Naomi... Um, all I did was know that those four kids back there deserve everything I can give them. And it's kept me step by step, day by day in the program. Fantastic. Um, what, what are some of the things that you've learned about God in this season? Because I know it's been a pretty big deal, a pretty big piece of things for you. 
So I have learned the biggest one, and God taught me this lesson all three years, over and over, that it's his time. So I would go up to my case manager and I'd be crying in his office like, Mr. Gary, I did basics. I finished the schooling. I took my CNA test. Why can I not get a job? Why am I sitting here doing nothing? I put blame on my child. She was coming home early, having problems at school. Everything, I was crying. I would tell him I'm praying. I'm doing my Bible journals. I'm going to church. I did this your guys' way. I did this God's way. Why am I not getting the next step? I'm watching people that came in after me, leave before me. Um, and Mr. Gray's like, I don't think you're giving him your time. He was like, you're, you want it on your schedule and you're not letting him do it on his time. And I'm like, Mr. Gary, I've been here for two and a half years. <laughs> what more do you want from me? And so finally, when I guess it sunk in enough times that I just let it go and I prayed on it and I said, if you want me to get this job, I'll have it. And I did a 15 phone intermittent interview with Presbyterian Homes and then I got called from the waters and went in within 10 minutes. The lady was like, I love your spirit. And she was like, we wanna offer you a full-time job. It was like five minute interview <laughs> and I walked out with a job. So definitely had to be on his time. And within one week of getting the job, I got accepted into the housing program. And right in the middle of that, Pastor Colleen came and asked me to tell my story. So I figured God wanted me to have two blessings. I had to come back and repay. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that so much. <laughs> when I asked her to share, she's like, oh, I know I got to do this. <laughs> um, you guys, there are some people that were clapping in the back. Will you give Jennifer a hand as she shared her story this morning? Um, Jennifer uh, is one story of so many of the women that we get to partner with and so many of you that as I'm looking around this room have given um, because you uh, show up at the gathering and you create a relational space for um, this group of women to connect and um, to build relationships with one another but others of you give because you know Jennifer's kids and you've cared for them and you've read Bible stories and you've played in the gym and you know who they are. And we're just grateful for a community who's a part of the process with people. Um, well, we want to continue in talking about um, all of this greatness. And so I've invited a few of our young adults to be up here with me. And so we're going to talk a little bit about what it looks like in their stage of life right now. So um, before we get into the questions, can you just go down and say your name and kind of like one sentence about what does life look like for you right now? So I'm Michaela, and I am a recent uh, grad from Northwestern. Just got a job as an RN. And I just got off a 12-hour shift from last night. <laughs> Literally just got off a shift. Good morning. Uh, my name is Sarah. I am a senior at Bethel University, and I'm graduating in May, and I'm trying to figure out what I'm doing after that. Graduation's six months from today. <laughs> I'm Jordan, colloquially known as JP. Um, I am a graduate from Northwestern from last year. I'm currently working full-time uh, doing AV, audiovisual, tech stuff, so yeah, that's what I do. Yeah, awesome. Um, so our first question uh, for us this morning is, what does this time of in-between look like for you? So you've all um, kind of either are about to wrap up or have wrapped up college, looking at the next 
phase of life. What does that look like? What's exciting? What's been challenging? How does that feel? Michaela, you want to start? Yes. Um, so I think what's exciting about it, or at least what I've loved about it, is the fact that there are so many possibilities right now. I mean, yes, just started a new job, but who knows like what that's going to lead to. Kind of that idea that it's like you never know where you're going to end up. Um, what's challenging is probably the exact same thing. Um, just because, like people have already said, being up here, you just don't know. And what's hard about that sometimes, I think, is like we like to tell God, hey, here's like my map of what I think would be really great if you could just like make this happen. And then I feel like I can hear God being like, ha, 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 and then he just like throws it away. <laughs> so I, you know, it's, again, talking about his timing, talking about his plans for us, like he knows what the best plan is for us in this life, and it's just going ahead and trusting that. Um, so I'm, I'm trying to figure out what's, what's the next step, whether I, um, I'm from out of state, so I'm trying to decide if I'm moving, uh, back home where my parents and my siblings are, or, uh, if I'm going to stay here in Minnesota, um, or if I'm going to return to a job I had this summer, uh, out in Washington, D.C., uh, trying to figure, just trying to figure some of that out, uh, and uh, it's really, like Michaela said, it's really exciting, but it's really, really terrifying. Um, and uh, like abstractly, I know, I know God has a plan. Uh, and I like, I can think of all sorts of uh, lessons where I've seen that in the past, uh, where I've seen that in Scripture, uh, where I've seen that in. Uh, like the lives of those around me um, and others speaking that into me but it's very abstract when you're in the moment and you're looking and there's this very long open path with lots of different roads and you have conflicting signs pointing in lots of different directions um, and uh, yeah so it's it's very exciting but there's also a lot of uh, trepidation with that <laughs> I also want to just interject really fast. When Sarah says she's from out of state, she's from Alaska. So her options are literally like Alaska and Washington, D.C. and Minnesota, like all over the map. Yeah. Yeah, so for me, uh, kind of the biggest thing is just kind of been trying to figure out, again, like both Michaela and Sarah have said, um, kind of what's next. Um, it's kind of weird kind of going from a very structured uh, kind of, like you know what you're like working towards. Like you're trying to like, I'm, I'm going for this major, I'm going for this degree, this is kind of like my end goal, this is what I'm working towards, and I know, like, I can very clearly see, I know when I'll graduate, as long as I don't fail my classes. Um, but yeah, like, you, you know what you're working towards, and then uh, you graduate, now it's just like, okay, well now I have uh, all these options, all these different, like, places where I could go, and, like, how do I choose? Like, well, what if I, you know, choose this, where's my life going to go? What if I choose this, where's my life going to go? For me, it was, uh, I, so my last semester of college I spent in Nashville, which was amazing, uh, and uh, there, it really brought up the question of whether or not, you know, like, am I going to pursue like working in music in the music industry am I going to go to Nashville and at the time like coming out of it, it was like yeah I'm going right back um, but then kind of uh, reality kind of set in and it's like well it's kind of expensive to live down there and I don't have any money because I'm paying loans um, so yeah that's for me it's just kind of been like uh, trying to like figure out like what does it look like am I I'm gonna have to like make a plan and I'm not a planner if I'm gonna go to Nashville I have to make a plan so am I gonna 
pursue that and like go after kind of like my dream or am I going to kind of, you know, maybe like take a different way and kind of like in a roundabout way, like follow, you know, my desire to like work in music and work in like the music industry. Yeah, and uh, as we've talked about this this week, you kind of all have shared this um, this hope to do something that you're really passionate about and you're really um, gifted at and take the things that you love and turn them into a career. Can any of you talk a little bit about what that has looked like for you? Um, I guess I'll, I can start this time. Uh, so for me, uh, I've been really trying to figure out like how to use the skills that I've learned both in playing music uh, and in working with like audio, visual, like technical stuff, like uh, how can I apply that so I can make money? Um, and I was fortunate enough that uh, I recently accepted a job uh, in Bloomington working as an audiovisual technician uh, for, well, it's a hotel. Um, and at first I was really excited because I'm like, well, it's not exactly music, but I can still like be like working with sound and working with uh, video and all this stuff. And I found out like one week in that it was primarily going to be setting up um, projectors for corporate meetings. And so I was very, very quickly bored. Um, <laughs> so I was like, well, okay, you know. Um, so um, so at, at, at this point in my life, I'm just trying to like really focus on uh, like writing my own music, um, working on uh, recording uh, my own stuff. Maybe it'll become a full-time thing. We'll see, it's kind of difficult, but uh, yeah. I think the biggest thing has been um, like not like giving like that up. Um, projectors might not be uh, music, but they're still in that field, so I can keep using that to build up my resume. So uh, I'm, I'm going with that. Um, so with graduation coming, I'm trying to figure out, am I going to grad school? Um, I'm thinking about getting my master's and PhD. Um, or uh, am I going to uh, go back to Washington, D.C. and work for the office I worked for this summer? Um, or if I'm going to uh, go uh, back to Alaska and work and uh, try and break into the public sector up there? And so I had some really, uh, really amazing experiences that have, um, that have grown me a lot and uh, I've really been blessed through and I've learned and um, I've uh, begun to narrow my interests, uh, but I still have a long way to go in that because there's lots of things I could do with uh, my degree or um, I wish I could say what my degree is. I, I'm majoring in political science. Um, so I'm uh, trying to figure out where I'm going to take that, where I'm going to take that next step, what that next step is. Um, how can I, um, how can I, how can I do that in, uh, in a way that uh, uses the uh, talents and gifts and passions and interests that God has given me um, in a way that I find fulfilling um, and that glorifies Him. Um, and that also can uh, also uh, serve others. Um, and there, I, I know there's a lot of ways I can do that. Um, I just don't know exactly what that looks like yet. <laughs> so um, I actually kind of took a roundabout way to figure out that I wanted to do nursing. Uh, jumped through quite a few major switches to figure it out. But... Um, and not a lot of people are gonna like um, what I'm about to talk about. So I am obsessed with like the human body and how it processes. I love blood and trauma. I know, 
I know. <laughs> but the day that you guys like have blood and trauma happening, you will be very happy for people like me. Amen. <laughs> so the thing is, though, like I didn't realize that I had such a passion for it until I got into it. And now it's like now I'm working in an ED. I actually want to work in an ED maybe someday with a higher level of trauma so I could work more with like the kind of major stuff. I actually someday want to teach nursing hopefully at a university somewhere, so that involves getting more degrees, and I have no idea when that's all going to happen. Um, I know it will someday, but as of right now, it's just kind of getting my feet grounded and seeing where it takes me, I guess. Yeah, awesome. Um, so one last question. What have you found or what do you need from a church community during this season of processing and being in between? Um, so something you could be something you found uh, here at Roseville, Commu- Roseville Covenant or um, something that you need from a community? Overall, I think biggest thing for me is uh, people asking either like how I'm doing, but being like, really, how are you doing? Because it's so easy to just walk by people and be like, how are you doing? Oh, I'm fine. Oh, I'm good. And I feel like a lot of times I can say that when it's like horrible, like not doing well, struggling. And I think just feeling that support of being like, okay, I can actually tell these people that it's like, I'm not having a great day. But knowing that they're also going to be there and find ways to help you kind of lift that up too. Um, something that I found helpful um, like with uh, between myself and some of my really close friends, um, and this is my uh, resident assistant coming out, is uh, something I ask my residents a lot is, what are, what are you thinking about right now? Uh, what's been on your mind a lot? Um, I'm a verbal processor, and so trying to uh, formulate my thoughts out loud um, to somebody else um, and trying to make them make sense. Uh, and, um, and then also like hearing, uh, hearing their input on things like that from people I trust. Um, and, uh, and then also being able to do that for others, um, hearing where they're at and um, how, how they've done something similar in the past um, and uh, what they've learned from that as well has been, um, uh, that's been very helpful to me in the past and uh, like hearing, hearing other people's experiences and stuff has uh, been, uh, been very helpful and I really enjoy it. Yeah, so uh, post-college uh, loans are a big thing, so I think if we wanted to set up like a fund for like post-college grads, that'd be fantastic. Um, but in all seriousness, uh, I think one thing that for me personally as a young adult uh, has been really great, uh, has been like uh, a really big, big part of my spiritual growth as well has been uh, mentorship. Um, I've been blessed enough to have Chaz kind of like mentor me a little bit um, and be able to like talk about life and talk about, you know, just different things that are going on. Um, and so that was one thing that we had actually done, uh, like that was a part of like our church program a little bit, was more being intentional about uh, mentorship. Um, and I know like mentorship, like it sounds, it can be sounds like kind of like scary, like it's a, it's a big deal. But like as a, as a, you know, young adult just kind of like coming into like my own kind of trying to make my way into the world like without you know uh kind of breaking away from like being from uh living with my parents or like uh kind of making my own decisions washing my own clothes and all that kind of stuff it was really great to have another like outside like experience uh uh another person be able to speak into my life and be able to you know 
say like, hey, don't be stupid. That kind of thing. It's, yeah, it's been really good. Mentorship. Mentorship. Awesome. Can we thank them for uh, sharing with us this morning? Well, the worship team is going to come and we're just going to sing and worship together for a little bit as we close. But we've also invited you to write a prayer request on a post-it note. And um, we're going to invite you to just stick it up on the board as we sing the song, King of My Heart. And um, just so you know where this is going, for those of you that need kind of that extra direction, um, as we leave this morning, we're going to invite you to just grab somebody else's post-it note um, and pray for them either in this space or throughout the week as a way of kind of just taking another level of sharing what's going on in the life of our congregation. Um, And so while we sing this next song this morning, we want to invite you to come on up and stick it on this board and you can fill it up. Um, as you, you know, as you want. I'm actually going to be in the back, so if you feel like you don't want to walk up front or can't walk up front, I will grab your post-it note for you and I will stick it on the board for you. So um, I'll be wandering around in the back. Um, we, we value these um, Story Matters Sundays. One of, the, one of the reasons we value them is because when people share their story, it gives us an opportunity to think about what God is doing in our life. It also opens up inroads for community together because now you're going to see these people out in the lobby and it gives you something to talk to them about. It builds our community together when we acknowledge what God's doing. And so I want to invite you as you leave today after we worship to be able to develop some of those conversations with some of the people that have shared, but also um, to notice what God is doing in your own life. Why don't you just stand as we close? Remember these words from James 5. Is anyone of you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. If anyone among you is sick, let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make them well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other. Pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Our invitation in the meantime is to stay connected with God through prayer, to stay rooted in him, but to also pray for one another. But friends, our stories matter. Our stories matter to God and our stories matter to one another. And our stories point one another towards God. So as you've shared together today, our prayer is that you would continue to share as you go. And these testimonies of faith would be a witness to the world around us. Amen.